0: Welcome to the twenty eighth episode of Megaton Marathon. It's a game by game journey through the Shimagami Tensei and Persona games. Uh, I am Paul M. Davis, and in this episode, we are uh, gonna close out our time with uh, Soul Hackers, Double Summoner Soul Hackers. Um, and, uh, yeah, see what's been going on with this Algon company and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and who am, I, who, who am I here with?
1: All right, I'm Alex Dorada-Wolf, here again to talk about some Soul hackers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm Elisa James, here for the third time, also here to talk about Soul Hacker.
0: Excellent, we're all, we're, we're all on the same page. <laughs>
2: That's
0: important. <laughs> So in the uh, last uh, last episode we um kind of delved deeper into the secrets of uh the cyberpunk Amani city and uh the VR counterpart Paradigm X and um yeah we went through a uh, museum um, and uh fought a dolphin which was very uh, notable <laughs>
1: There was a haunted house. There was a haunted house where the guy killed his sister.
0: Um, oh right.
1: Yeah, and uh, then there was a float. Oh yes. That, whatever that is.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: At this point, I just know it's called a float, and I've forgotten everything else about it.
0: <laughs> As we pick up this game, um, or this part of the game, uh, we're following up on uh, Sukeroku's tip. And the spookies uh, decide to disassemble the crypto chip that they got. And uh, they discover that the processor is made of weird organic stuff. And then, like a uh, bug flies out of it, and um, they decide to investigate the Algonsoft manufacturing plant to uh, figure out what's going on with this uh, strange technology. So you go through the uh you go to the Algon Micro Microelectronics Plant. And this is a pretty straightforward dungeon. There's not too much of a trick, you know. You've gotta like kinda go up the stairs, find like a magical mirror, and uh, get a key, go from one production room to another. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't remember if there was that much of a trick to this one.
1: Yeah, I, I, it seemed pretty dungeony to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there wasn't like any kind of like really like strong gimmick, like with that. I
2: noticed that a general in this game, it has pretty straightforward dungeons, especially compared to other uh, Mega Ten games.
1: Yeah, there are a couple like they really seem to have like gone overboard with like the uh, the dolphin dungeon.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: like that. That was a whole new new level. And
0: the Astrology right. Museum There was a couple well, yeah. yeah, there was a couple who were like Kind of very thematically strong
1: Yeah, and then Yeah, there's like that one And then um, Even like the, uh, the Ice Warehouse That was conceptually uh, cohesive
0: Yeah you were, That's true Because
1: it, it felt like you were actually Walking through some warehouses Which I actually In retrospect kind of enjoyed about it <laughs> Not very dungeon Just really laid out like a warehouse
0: so, uh, yeah, you know, you're doing the dungeon, you're the center of the plant. Uh, lunch's dad shows up.
1: Yeah. You may remember him from earlier where lunch ran into him outside of like a nightclub and was just like, I hate you dad. And his dad's like, are you okay, son? I love you. I hate you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, yeah. And his dad uh, works at the factory and, uh, he's also investigating the chip, and uh, because, you know, as we discussed in the last episode, people have been acting weird at the mall and they're kind of like acting, becoming like zombie like. And he betrayed some people when Algensoff was taken over, but it was only because bad guys threatened to kill and Lunch and Lunch's mom.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't remember anything about Algensof being taken over or did, when did that happen? Is uh, my maybe. memory in the in the backstory, I do Like, this was the first time I remember hearing about, like, anything like that.
2: Yeah, it might have just been, like, while we were doing our dungeon thing, and then it happened. Whoops.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't quite remember that.
1: Yeah. Not really important. (laughs) Game doesn't treat it as such. I don't know why I'm focusing on it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a few, like, story things that'll come out in this last... Probably in this last episode that are a little...
1: Yeah, they're just like, oh, and by the way, there was this thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh. to to a certain level, I like how they don't feel the need to explain every plot thread all the way through. Like, if he had had a 15-minute section just talking about, well, you see, I was working at the factory one day when Mr. Yakuda came in, and he was quite <laughs> upset.
0: <laughs> yeah, make it like an exposition fest, like uh, the... Uh Recent seasons of the X Files. <laughs> <Like>. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: anyway, so you're talking to Lunch's um, Lunch's dad, and he's uh, he reveals that the decoder th- ring or the decoder thing that Lunch had uh, claimed to have built was actually his, and he sells, tells you there's a spore at the center of the crypto chip, whatever that means, and he eventually agrees to help the uh, Spookies get access to the center room for more information but he warns some of the creepy factory manager. So they get to the room, and uh, Spooky uses uh, Lunch's dad's decoder uh, item to hack the thing. It turns out that the spores in the crypto chip hatch into bugs that steal people's souls and then bring them back to some kind of parent entity through the Internet. So this is like a very... Loose understanding of how the internet works.
1: Yeah, it, it's like a, it's like tubes that bugs can go through.
0: <laughs> yeah, explains why Mommy's City's crazy attack is a thing. It was created by the Phantom Society as the most efficient way to get souls. And uh, apparently, all the people at the mall have had their soul stolen, and that's why they're all weird and zombie-like. And then, uh, yeah, you uh, come across the factory owner.
1: He's really creepy.
0: Tyrant Shemyaza. <laughs> yeah, so he, he introduces himself by uh, saying uh, yeah, that he's glad that he can quench his thirst for blood by seeing it spurting from such young bodies. Finally, I will revel in the blood mist again. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, just like your typical like uh, tech executive.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I like this game's translation. Yeah, like, like they, I feel like they really they 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 put character into it, which I really appreciate. You know, yeah, like totally. People say weird stuff instead of just the most like literal. I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe blood mist is. The exact literal translation. But I like how it's one word. <laughs> it, Blood Mist is one word in the, the game.
0: And so, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a bastard to fight. He has a lot of, you know, AoE skills that he takes out on you. And um, has something called Delta Pupula, which inflicts confuse on you all. Yeah, he just like basically throws a lot of magic at you. Everything but uh, Megadola gets reflected. So you're basically just, you know, fighting a war of attrition with this guy.
2: Yeah, unless you have like Makarikar. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. I it. yeah.
1: I, I, because these are real words.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, that's the Reflects magic spell, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it works like Reflect in Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Very
0: useful. So, So, you know, if you uh, finally beat this, uh, you know, battle of attrition and win, he says something about uh, Azazel and Satanel and how uh, he needed to deal with Nemissa before dying. And then he goes ahead and uh, dies. And everybody, you know, kind of notes that it's odd that he knew about Nemissa. And they head back to headquarters to figure out what to do next. Yeah, this actually kind of does, like... Call forward to Persona 5 in interesting ways. And if you haven't listened to our Persona 5 season... We um, understand. Yeah. Or um, play Persona 5, maybe skip ahead 20 seconds. But, um, yeah, basically when you get back back to the headquarters, uh, you uh, decide you're going to hack the TV and broadcast the information about the crypto chip to everyone. But... In this case, when you turn on TV, the news person reveals the names of all the Spookies, except for Mr. Spooky, and says that they're all wanted as terrorist hackers. And uh, then you get a mysterious encrypted email, and it's from Katakura, the president of Algonsoft, to Mr. Spooky, claiming that he had been working for Algonsoft this whole time, and that they were close personal friends. And, uh... So, Mr. Spooky reveals to you that he actually was working for Algon Soft secretly, but only to find out information and make money. And that he didn't tell you the team because it would look suspicious. Yep. <laughs> Which, yep, it does. It looks pretty <laughs> it, damn it, it suspicious. Looks very
1: suspicious. I like how they actually make him look very suspicious there. Because that was a dumb choice, Spooky.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, so you know uh, your group is um, understand- understandably skeptical, and uh, everybody decides to leave. You get to decide if you trust uh, Spooky or not. This doesn't make any difference unless you're playing New Game Plus. Yeah. Do you, I, ha- what difference does it make in New I Game don't Plus? Know. Uh, does anyone know? I trusted know?
1: him. I'm not sure what happens if you didn't.
2: Um, I believe that it was this choice and another one that you make earlier on in New Game Plus. And, um, I believe it was, I trying to remember the other.
1: Oh, the other one is like, I mean, when I, it was when you meet Madam G something.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me see. It was, uh, if you met Madam Ginko, then you meet with her and you respond to her by saying, I don't know. I don't know and what the question start- was. Um, I don't remember the question. <laughs> yeah, and that's,
1: that was not available online when I was trying to figure out literally anything about this. Yeah, um,
2: I guess, like, when you first meet her, whatever she asks you, you just say, I don't know. That should be... Yeah. I
1: tried to figure out, um, like, what exactly changes uh, if he... Yeah, wh-
2: what happens with that is that um, if you do both of those things... Uh, Spooky actually survives the, uh, the fight with, uh, what's that boss? It was, like, Satan Zell? It's satan yeah. thank you. Yeah, he yeah. actually survives that battle. So, that, yeah. those, and you can only do that in new gameplay.
1: Yeah, I just, I couldn't find any details about, like, what exactly, like, you know, some, some screen caps or maybe a little video of it. Nope, nothing. No. All I found online that. were people saying, like, apparently that's what happens. Uh, <laughs> but it was all clearly people who hadn't done it. So, like, I don't know exactly what changes, but uh, I understand he survives. I think that's the
2: only thing, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think full full disclosure is uh, none of us actually uh, play New Game Plus.
2: Exactly. <laughs> no, no, you,
1: you really um, have to go overboard for me to play new game plus with different things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when we did the, uh, strange journey episodes, I mean, there's like entire parts of like maps that, I mean, there's like large chunks of the game that don't open up until new game plus. Um, that isn't really the case with this game.
1: Yeah. There's like a bonus dungeon or two. Um, Yeah. But well, we'll, Speak more about that if that's necessary at the end. I
0: guess. Yeah. So, yeah, you've uh, decided, uh, you know, you can uh, decide if you trust Spooky or not. Um, I decided not to trust him. Because um, he seemed pretty shady, like, pretty shady character. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, you're about to go on to uh, your third vision quest. Alright, yep.
2: So, Keenap shows up as a really adorable vulture. <laughs> And he gives you another vision quest, the last one of the game. Um, This one actually opens up in a restaurant, and you're playing as a woman named Naomi. Uh, Fun fact, Naomi is uh, both a Japanese and Western feminine first name, although usually it's not pronounced the uh, same way. So she's having dinner with Mr. Nishi. If uh, you remember him, he was basically the uh, general manager of the Model City project in Amami City. I think he was speaking about it like in the beginning of the game, and he's also the Vice Minister of the uh, government, Uh, yes, Judas Singh, yes he was. Um, So basically uh, it opens with her, she opens 8 desserts, which is my kind of character already. (laughs) Uh, He wants to put Monoto under the city, but it turns out there's ruins there with uh, two powerful ancient demons. I believe the ruins are the uh, Nikomimon ruins, which is like the last section of the game, basically. So you're already, like in this vision quest, you're getting a a kind of a taste of that uh, section of it. So the, uh, the two demons are Tiamat and Apsu, who are... Two really important figures in ancient uh, Sumerian folklore. Basically Tiamat is kind of a chaotic primordial like goddess. Like she's usually a dragon, a serpent, and like along with Apsu, who is like the god of freshwater, and is like her lover. And her son, apparently. No, I mean, so. that, when everything is coming from one thing, you, you so gotta do that out. at
1: some point.
0: Uh, Ancient folklore is really great for uh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> it is. <laughs>
2: exactly. So, um, and then she she had birthed, like, 11 monsters to fight against, like, uh, Marduk, who was, you know, elected as a champion for the other gods. He basically killed both of them. And use Tiamat to well, uh, to actually divide the borders of the world, so that's a little uh, little mythology uh basically, Mr. Nishi uh wants Naomi to kill one of these uh two two demons so that they'll have room to actually install monotone, and she agrees
1: uh, I love that that premise there it's that <laughs> kill one of these two ancient gods so we have a place to put our computer <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> Yeah, sure, that's great. <laughs> so, she, yeah, she agrees. She ends up, uh, going into the ruins. Pretty easy. I mean, the funny thing is, of course, that she's really, really strong. She doesn't have a comp, so she's the best character because she doesn't even need demons to fight, um, and, and the, the actual dungeon's pretty easy because she has skills that double her HP, she can fully heal herself, um... And then she monologues a bit during her run about the house involvement and how about uh, Ray, the lady who we met earlier, uh, killed her master. And then after she takes her revenge, she wants to open a restaurant. Uh, the whole the, um, the the major choice of this uh, vision quest is pretty important when you choose between whether you're fighting Tiamat versus Apsu. Uh, so, Avi, the main, you know, the first thing is that that's the demon you're immediately fighting, uh, one or the other. It also determines the final boss's uh, weakness and strength. So, if you choose uh, Tiamat to fight, she's magical-oriented, but weak to physicals. And that's how the boss is going to be, the final boss is going to be structured. And with Apsu, he's the opposite, physically-oriented, but weak to magical attack. If you have to pick one, it's best to go with Apsu because it's pretty, it's much easier to shut down physicals than, like, her magic, especially because she tends to use a lot of Almighty, and then the boss, the final boss is going to use a lot of Almighty, so... I yeah, and it's that.
0: kind of an interesting, no, oh, sorry, it, it's kind of an interesting way to kind of streamline the, like, uh, alignment... It is. ...issue. Um are you going to play as Law or Chaos um, or Neutral? That's, you know, your typical alignments, and uh, yeah, it's interesting that they decided to just kind of, like, streamline it here into sort of, like, two choices.
1: Yep, which have no philosophical ramifications. Just pick one of these two things to go away so we can put our thing where it,
2: and then it'll get some of its powers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, after you, uh, fight, you know, the demon, you beat him, um, uh, unfortunately, they kind of remind you you can't really permanently kill them, and then as an act of revenge, they, uh, put, like, a weird purse on Naomi, and, like, they, it's like a, what is it, like, a black hole-looking thing? I, it, it's
1: super vague, it just, it's like, ah, oh, what's happening? Ah, oh, it's pulling me in. Yeah. Cut to black. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> Who knows?
2: <laughs> so basically, kills Naomi. And then Kina monologues a little bit about this that vision quest ends. And then that one is done. And then the next section is the Algon main building. So in this part, Mr. Spooky decides to put a virus into Paradigm X to stop, stop the little bugs, like spore things, from uh, getting back to Monito after stealing people's souls. But uh Kura, who's basically the person who created Paradigm X and, you know, the big baddie of this game, apparently. Um, fun fact, he's based off of Bill Gates, and <laughs> his, um, his name actually has the Japanese uh, character for Gate in it. So that's kind of a little extra reference. And it, it makes sense, considering that you know, at this point in time when this game was first created, Bill Gates was, like, the computer, like, you know, symbol. And mm-hmm. so they probably thought it'd be a cool idea to kind of base their villain off of him since this game deals so heavily with, I guess, the, uh, what's wrong with having such an encompassing, like, computer networking, like, in cities and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, okay, so yeah, Katakura ends up, a Ends up stopping uh, Spooky. And Spooky then basically gets taken over by a demon. And the network goes crazy. And you end up deciding to go to Algon Soft HQ. And there's this kind of like a weird bubble-like barrier that's keeping everybody out of it. And Amissa starts uh, suggesting getting in uh, to the building through Paradigm X. So you travel through the network. And they emerge, only to find out the building is engulfed in, like, an otherworldly phenomena. So, you go in. A couple steps in, they meet up with Finnegan, who informs him that things are really bad. Uh, If you previously remember Finnegan, he was the guy who, um, you fought, you already fought before. He's the guy who killed the first person in the first vision quest. Uh, so, after that person, um... What was his name again? Uh, Arabe. Yes, Arabe, after he uploaded Nemissa into his gun computer. So Finnegan's explained things are really bad. Demons turn the building into a weird kind of cyber thing, you know, and he ends up asking for help. And basically what's interesting with Finnegan is that he asks you to trust, which is really crazy of him, but... If you end up trusting him, he explains to you how the seals in the dungeon work. That there's six seals total, three red, three blue. Um, And he explains, you know, a little more details about what's going on. And then he asks you if you want to cooperate with him. And if you choose, you know, yes with that, then you actually choose which seal, which color seals you want to go for. So he'll literally split up the workload. And as a bonus, too, you don't have to fight him. So if you end up choosing at any point, you don't want to deal with him. He gets mad, you know, cuts you off, whatever. And then now you have to do the entire dungeon yourself. And you have to unlock all the seals in proper order uh, yourself. And then you also have to fight Finnegan and his demon uh, Cer- Cernanus. Is that you say that? Which isn't really a hard battle. At all, but, you know, it, if you don't mm-hmm. really want to deal with all that, you could just cooperate with Finnegan. I mean, regardless what you choose, he dies anyway, so... Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like, you know, it's like a trade-off of uh, whether or not you, like, um, want the bonus items, or you want a shorter dungeon.
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, if um, you... If so, you know, if you fought him, you're the one who kills him yourself, and he ends up, you know, dying, whatever, and if you ended up cooperating him, he basically informs the player that the demon can silence magic from other demons, and that he was basically useless, so he kind of gives you a little, a little kind of hint for the upcoming battles, and then he croaks, so. he, And then he all, if you, you know, if you do fight him, or whatever, he mentions something about... If they only had Nemissa, then this could have been like prevented or whatever. Then he dies. So then after that, you find the demon who took over the building, which is uh, Malsum. And he starts freaking out about Nemissa. Doesn't really explain why, but he does. And then you end up fighting him. Um, he's in an okay battle. Actually, the stupidest thing about this battle is that he inflicts a status called Bomb with an attack called Bite the Dust. And then he has a fire, like an attack or fire attack next turn. So what Bomb does mm-hmm. is that it doesn't do any damage to you, but if you're hit with a fire attack, you immediately die.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So if your main character gets Bomb status... You're in a lot of trouble unless you have uh, Demute... St- uh, yeah, it's Demute Stones, right? I believe you would need that.
0: Yeah, that is. It is the Demutus.
2: Yeah, that's the that's the scariest part. So, you know, you could be doing perfectly well, and then your main character gets bomb status, and now you just so. But uh, other than that, it's not much of a fight. And let's see. So after, you know, you beat him, you end up fighting the Soul Machines. The Mist is about to smash him. But he told me, uh, stops her because she worries about the souls inside, whether they'll actually be damaged or not. And then she, well, this is kind of hinted at throughout this whole dungeon, but he told me, you know, reiterates that she's really tired and she needs sleep. And then she just kind of falls silent. And then the missus actually worries and decides that we should head back to HQ.
1: All right. So, uh, when you get back to the headquarters, uh, Yuichi, the, uh, young, annoying member of the Spookies is there, and then he says in a monotone, <laughs> I-have-been-hypnotized-style voice that everyone else has been kidnapped. They're at the, al- the, aman- the Amami Monolith. Uh. And then, uh, Ray, <laughs> uh, the, uh, gonna-know-how lady from earlier, helpfully shows in as like, oh, he's been brainwashed. When could that have happened? Oh, it was at the Amami Float, obviously, when he was kidnapped. Good to know. uh. And then she's also like, oh, yeah, by the way, because Namisa is possessing uh, Hitomi, uh, she's, like, going to erase her soul from her body or whatever. And then she's like, but I can't help, bye. (laughs) Um, So, obviously, you go to the monolith, uh, which is a very large building. Uh, You get there, and uh, Nishi comes in on the loudspeakers and says... uh, Your friends are on the 20th floor. I'm telling you this because I know you will get there. So that is why. (laughs) Um, you know, if he wanted you to get there, he could have made this slightly less complicated. Um, because, uh, yeah, this is, uh, a long and involved dungeon. Uh, not like nothing about it is particularly fascinating. Uh, but you, like, uh, have to find some passwords based on the shape of the rooms. And this is after you free six and lunch, who are, like, locked in closets. Um, amusingly, when you uh, find lunch, he's just like, yeah, I thought about it, and I realized the boss probably didn't do anything while I was sitting here locked in this uh, So he's a very perceptive guy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you know, you go through the dungeon, you enter a bunch of passwords, uh, based on the shapes of the rooms. Um, not that interesting, but it takes a long time. But it's, you know, it's not going to... You don't need a pencil and paper or anything. <laughs> um, so finally, when you get to the top, uh, you find uh, the uh, Katakura guy, who, uh is the president of the company. Um, he seems, like, thick or something, and he explains how he was tricked by uh, Nishi, and he just wanted souls just wanted to make the internet be good and have humanity it is it's unclear what he was trying to do and what (laughs) happened instead but you're like all right and leave him be and uh then you then you find uh, nishi uh, after walking a little bit and he explains that he's going to use the antenna on the monolith to expand Paradigm X all over the world and get everybody's. I do not understand how that would work because that's why they needed to build this incredible city where everyone had like Algonsoft computers and was all networked all the time. If they could just use an antenna to get the souls. um, Okay. Um, It's fine. Yeah, soul magic. It's cool. It's a magic soul antenna that they needed the internet built there. I explained it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, uh, he reveals himself to be, uh, Azazel, one of the, uh, 2 demony guys who, uh, uh, the last demon you fought mentioned. Um, yeah, he uses a lot of physical attacks, um, and some of his, uh, one of his attacks I think returns demons to your, He's um, the boss. You guys have any thoughts about him? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not really. Just jacking. Yeah. <laughs> he was
0: pretty, uh, he was, uh,
1: yeah,
0: he, is there? Um, he wasn't doing any, like, severely bastardy things, like, uh, you know, some of the previous bosses, like, where you know, basically, you know, <clears throat> after I, uh, get to the point where I've, uh, encountered a boss who can do a one hit kill in some regard, anything after that. Seems a little more doable.
1: Yeah, you know, he's not silencing you or anything.
2: Exactly. And if you have Tetra card, you could just use that, and now he's useless, because all he does is physicals. Yep.
1: So, you beat him. Uh, good for you. Uh, and you go up onto the roof, and you find Luncheon Six smashing the antenna. I, I I I really enjoyed the backdrop of this scene. It's this pretty cool-looking burning antenna. You know, the game's uh, visual representations in these scenes are pretty low res and Sega Saturn eight, but I, I thought this one was effective. It, it did feel like being on top of a building and smashing a giant antenna. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and then Mr. Spooky shows up, but he's acting weird. He's been possessed by a demon. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> Satanael, the other one that the guy mentioned, uh, that's also your ultimate persona in Persona 5, spoiler.
2: Uh-oh. Oh, yeah.
1: There, it's thematically meaningful. Here, it's just the name of a demon that they picked. <laughs> Names applied to fallen angels in various traditions. There we go. That's the deal with the name Sitana. Um, so you fight him. He uses a lot of magic attacks, much in the same way that Azazel used. Physical attacks. Yeah, you can use magic reflect on him. He can use an almighty skill sometimes, which is a pain. But yeah, that's about all with him. Um, So you beat him. And uh, sadly, in killing the demon that had taken Spooky's body, you have mortally wounded Mr. Spooky. He then explains that he started the Spookies, his hacker group that he named after himself, because he was jealous of Katakura, and how good at computers he was. He then thanks you for beating the demon and dies. I presume here is where he does not die if you did the things in New Game Plus. Uh, If it's anything like characters not dying when you do optional stuff in other video games, he's just very (laughs) very injured, and then someone shows up to take him away. So then, yeah, after that, uh, Katakura shows up, and he's like, what? I just wanted you to kill those guys, not smash the antenna. I hate you. I want all the souls. Um... What the demons wanted the souls for and what he wanted the souls for. Not clear at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully they'll clear that up later. And then he says he's going to use some power to send you to the digital world. I don't know what that is. Uh, It could be anything. Uh, Because you either don't get sent there or you do get sent there. But then Kinnap saves you somehow. And explains who he is, sort of. It's a surprisingly esoteric explanation of what is going on and these forces that I actually really kind of dug, even if I didn't understand it, because it didn't really boil down to he's an ancient evil that blah, blah, blahs and wants to destroy everybody because of evil. So I appreciated that. Now, his backstory here is also a little bit problematic when you consider uh, his Native American connections, and that his Japanese name was Red Man. Again, uh, we're not going to go over that again, but, uh, like, he says stuff like uh, that he is the last ember of the spirits who lived in harmony with the land. Like, uh, the implication I got there was that, like, he's, like, the ghost of the last Native American. (laughs) Yeah, like, okay, I understand maybe not doing all of the research, but
2: what? What? Yeah, and it's like, um, I'm clearly still around.
1: (laughs) It's not just racist, it's weird and racist. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and it kind of just, you know, kind of falls into those, like, uh, magical, like, Native American kind of tropes.
1: And that, because it sounds like, okay, well, maybe he's, like, the spirit of a life. of, like, the pre-colonial life of various indigenous peoples. Maybe it's that, but then he's also a specific dead guy. That the, Then the game is very clear that, no, he's a guy who died. Like, he, he's not the embodiment of something. He's a human who died and then became this somehow. Okay.
2: Exactly. So,
1: after he explains that stuff, he then explains how he sealed away this Manitou being. And the, compli- the explanation here was very weird, and th- this part I like. I didn't quite understand it, but I liked it, um, about how, like, Manitou was this being without, uh, without change or soul or form, just this kind of image of static existence, which is actually a fairly complex and interesting idea of nature before man entered into the picture um, as just this thing that exists, pure existence, not tempered by consciousness or intention, which is very cool. And that um, Manitou needs to know the song of death. And it turns out that Nemissa is the aspect of Manitou that knows how to die. Again, cool stuff. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's more nuanced than I was expecting, just in the way this is described. So yeah. I was very down for all of that. So again, the translation here, I think, did a good job. It was a little hard to follow, but this, this stuff should be hard to follow. You're talking about, like, these ancient pre-human entity like they don't need to fit into just these simple little you know this is a force of primordial chaos no it's just a thing that exists so that all was cool exactly
0: yeah i i, I like it i i liked it because it reminded me of like one of the things that i really love about sort of the uh lore of uh twin peaks Um, is that, you know, there's these kind of like figures that like maybe, you know, good or bad, depending on how you're interpreting them, but they're kind of like existing outside of like human kind of like the ability for humans to kind of like conceive of what their motivations are. I mean, maybe I'm just like reading, I was reading a lot into it they're kind of like outside of that sort of like dialectic that we, we have. And, you know, it's, 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 I just kind of really like that sort of ambiguity in a, uh, figure. Uh, you know, I mean, it can be hard to sort of motivate like an unknowable thing, but, you know, <laughs> you know, it does reach out to some interesting kind of like metaphysical ideas.
1: No, and no, I see that there's definitely kind of a a Mike Bob thing going on with uh, Manitou, in the the class of being.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So I I, I I appreciate that, and I frankly wasn't expecting it. I was expecting Chaos Spirit wants existence to stop, all that stuff. So cool that it wasn't that. Um, so then uh, you find yourself in uh, like the theater in Paradigm X place, and missa. It's like, oh, he brought all of my memory back uh, and explains kind of his abstract stuff in a little bit more concrete, this is what you need to do terms. So Ginnap split Nemessa off from Manitou because she's the thing that can destroy it. Uh, And also all of the plot demon boss things like Muis and Wimpei were also parts of Manitou that split off, not because of someone's intervention, but because it was going crazy. Um, You later find out that it was going crazy, I believe due to... Uh, what's,
0: and what's i hate program, i hate to call uh, back i hate to call back to to this because you know it's it's the it. deep it. dark secret uh, of the uh shimigami tensei I mean, games but, but um
1: so um then you head back to headquarters and uh, everyone's very sad that uh, spooky is dead but no time for that on the news the monolith has gone crazy it's like covered in stuff and the stuff has grown an antenna, uh, like the antenna you just destroyed. So you definitely needed to go through that giant long dungeon, because it can just grow a new one.
0: It is kind of reminiscent of a scene in one of the terrible uh, short novels that inspired the series to begin with, where basically like people are just like piling on top of themselves to create like this monolith of flesh and they're just like climbing into the sky to do like the demon loki's like bidding and it's really gross but it doesn't really make a lot of sense so given that those novels weren't you know that far in the past when this game was originally released this kind of like Crazy monolith might have been a reference to those novels
1: so uh it's grown a new antenna and uh wasn't as uh long as the last one it, yeah you know, it's pretty final dungeony, you know there are um i think like some pretty simple, simple puzzle elements towards the end and a bunch of items in there that you know are good, but uh that's. You guys have anything about the dungeon? Oh, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, there's the there's the floor where there's like a bunch of pitfalls, and um, they take off uh, half your uh, HP when you walk over them. Um, so that's a pain. But yeah, I mean, it's sort of like you know, it's Kind of like driving you down, down the road to your final boss encounter, and uh, there's not outside of those kind of weird traps that appear here and there. There's nothing that's all that's too like crazy or twisty or uh, sort of difficult to navigate.
1: Yeah, I I really. I'm usually doing something else when I'm at the dungeon part, so I don't remember them that well. <laughs> but uh, this one didn't bother me, so I can safely say that. It was, you know, dungeony. So uh, down at the center, uh, they find this weird glowing mushroom tree thing, which is Manitou, apparently. Cool. It's, you know, based on the description we've gotten, mushroom tree seems like what it would be. This uh, representation of primordial nature makes sense. Um, and, uh, Namisa hears like the souls wiggling around in the air and freaking out. <laughs> and, uh, then Katakura jumps out and he's like, ah, oh, the souls, I need the souls, souls for me. I need them. Um, and then uh, Namisa says that like Manitou can only see Katakura, which is where I drew the implication that that's why he was wigging out. Uh, and like pieces of him were splitting off. I'm really inferring a lot here. I, I, Don't... Katakura is responsible. Uh, I assume. Um, Yeah,
0: how he plays into... How he plays into it and his, like, kind of, like, motivation versus what Manitou is, is... Yeah, it's a little confusing. Who
1: found who... um, It it seems like uh, Katakura would have to have been the one who started this because... Or maybe Manitou leaked into the world and found him. Uh, Could be either. The game doesn't really explain it. And cool. It's fine. I don't really need to know that. I I have have a sense of the forces involved, sort of. They maybe could have gone into a little more detail about this. Um, Just a tiny bit, though. Like, they're on, like, not to go back to Persona 5 again, but that was definitely on the too much detail side of things. This, I think, is slightly Mm -hmm. on the other side. Just slightly, though. I like this side more. Um, so anyway, uh, so he wants all the souls, uh, and then you fight him and he turns into like this weird form that looks kind of like a ginger root that that's like, but with, like, <laughs> like sort of blue face thing or blue circle face things. I don't, it's hard for me to describe. Um, but ginger root was the image that came to mind, like all knobbly and <laughs> like lots of little eggs. Uh, again, makes sense for primordial, dude
0: mm-hmm. uh, it's a good way of describing it
1: yeah um so uh yeah so we have a, a your <coughs> penultimate boss fight here um and he has this very powerful ultimate laser attack thing blasts your front row and several other powerful attack um yeah it's yeah. You know, you can't just reflect spam this one exactly because he uses the, because his big attack is almighty but <coughs> you, you yeah. can you can handle it
2: you made it yeah. this far apparently there's a the really interesting strategy um that you could use it's um if you have Nemissa cast uh, necroma like if you pick out your best demons you have Nemissa cast that spell on them and uh basically It turns them into kind of a zombie sort of state. Like, and essentially that gives them infinite health. And they can only die by being healed or getting hit by expel skills, which the boss doesn't have any. So you can basically just put your best demons out on the front and ultimate laser will do absolutely nothing to them. It just takes a little while to set up, but once you do, now you've got an invincible line. Oh, well. That's
1: convenient. Um, (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, So you beat him, and then he, like, gets sucked up into this root that shoots up and then explodes into his ultimate form. Uh, (laughs) And uh, this is the one where the abilities depend on whether you fought Tiamat or Opsu uh, as Naomi. Yeah. Um, I did the physical. The one that makes him physical, I think, was Opsu. Um, so, just reflect physical tetragram, or, you know, that one.
2: Your yeah, tetragram. Yeah. And
1: mm-hmm. that does most of the work for you. Basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, either you do the, uh, the magic version.
2: Uh, nope, I went the smart route. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I did not.
1: <laughs> yeah, why would you do that? Why would you, why would you go the magical route? Magic is <laughs> hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. You don't even get an achievement. Ridiculous.
0: (laughs) This is true.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right. So that was the final boss. Um, And uh, then Namisa says that, well, I got to go now and like merge with him and make him die, which is what he wants to do, uh, because the deal is that humans and Manitou can't exist at the same time. Can't can't coexist. They're just going to mess each other up. And it's nobody's fault. Nobody's really wrong here, but also it wants to die. So problem fixed itself. Uh, at thematically, I thought that was pretty crazy. Like, okay. Yeah. Nature's got to die. Cause people are here.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like, it's kind of weird. Like what the implications are, um, kind of reminded me of like, kind of reminded me of a section of, uh, Strange Journey where you're going through and you're sort of uh, um, battling a number of uh, sort of, like, the old gods of sort of forgotten religions uh, because they weren't, like, really, like, relevant anymore. Um, So I kind of, like, saw, like, you know, some thematic echoes in Strange Journey um, Hmm. with... uh, with that but yeah there's a strange thing where it's yeah where it's like manitou you know if manitou is kind of like the force before you know you could you could almost say it's like what existed before the big bang or something like yeah. that
2: yeah you can you can put it on then a lot of the scales. Yeah. Uh, yeah i think um another game that actually addresses this pretty well is uh Shimogami Tensei 4 Apocalypse like One of the main themes of that game was the idea of, um, you had a lot of these old world gods, you know, back in the day when they were worshipped in ancient times, they were essentially like forces of nature themselves. Like they were the wind, they were the sunlight, they were the earth. And then once humans used their power of understanding and understood how, you know, the world actually works, the gods basically received physical forms and they got limited. So then you had um, some gods who were accepting of that and they understood that that old time has come to pass and it has to go on to, you know, new ages. And then you have some gods who are bitter about it because they want to be, they want to feel that power again. So I actually thought that was really interesting. And then it's funny that that's actually a pretty... And you you mentioned too... um, the other game you mentioned, Strange Journey, had that kind of theme going on as well. And then this game, I mean, it seems like it was the... What, what was this, the first one? The first Mega Ten game that actually kind of addressed this sort of theme? If
0: you're- I mean, it's hard to say because the first Soul Hackers wasn't uh, localized. So yeah, yeah. Um, we have no information idea. on that is really, yeah, no is really that sketchy game. online. Um,
1: I know the, like the villain of that game is like... Uh, like some crazy creature. Um, ah, I, I have no idea what that is, or <laughs> yeah. I, I. But I don't know which ancient entity he's tapping into. That right. That you end up fighting at the end of that game.
2: Oh, okay, but yeah. Um, so it's, it's yeah. Interesting to see this kind of theme, like in a few of these uh, games of yeah. that kind of past.
0: Yeah, it's 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 an interesting way. Uh, you know that they kind of. definitely in this game, they sort of like break out of some of the constraints of the alignment system. Um, And I think, you know, SMT for apocalypse tried to do that as well in different ways, you know? And so having kind of a, uh, you know, sort of more, more ambiguous powers kind of blurs those lines and sort of, it pushes the series into really interesting places um from a gameplay and like a thematic perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I really appreciate just kind of like how subtle and quiet this ending is compared to um the bombast you can get in other games. Like it's just like, okay, well, we got rid of the crazy guy. Now this ancient thing wants to die. Um and I don't particularly want to, but that's what's gotta happen. Uh so, peace out, uh, and it's it's you know it's it's not like like what I was expecting was Manitou to then like be like I am Manitou, I hate humanity, blah. I've been I have seen how awful you all are because through the lens of this guy who I met and wanted souls, so now I will take the souls and be the best. Uh, and instead, it's like it never speaks, and it's just this thing that this this power that can't exist in the world anymore, and knows that um i do think it's a little i'm a little confused about so kinap split off Nemissa from Manitou to keep something bad from happening but if Manitou wanted to die why didn't it just die before that when Nemissa was part of it and it did know how to die maybe it didn't want to die yet i don't know um just a thought that occurred to me uh (laughs) but yeah overall I, uh, i i like this ending uh it's subtle and a little sad and not overstated and a little <laughs> ambiguous, which is cool. Uh, and then the credits roll. Uh, and But, duh, oh, there's a post-credits scene. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, so you get this uh, very cute, I mm-hmm. thought, little fake-out where it looks like the very first scene with you and Hitomi at the phone booth, um, like, hacking into Paradigm X originally. It's like the first couple of lines, and then Hitomi's like, ha I'm just fucking with you. Um, remember how we were here when that thing happened? Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right, let's go back and, uh, you know, everyone's like moving out of the city. So let's go back and say goodbye <laughs> to the spooky, uh, because Amami city was a colossal failure and everyone has to leave now.
0: <laughs> yeah i kind of uh, think of it like uh you know the original idea that walt disney had for uh epcot that it was going to be some futuristic city that people you know uh <coughs> actually lived in um you know and then when it was actually built it you know just turned into like kind of a boring amusement park um <laughs> that was sort of a uh less dystopian version of what uh Happen with a mommy city. <laughs> yeah,
1: so yeah, you go back to your headquarters one last time, and uh, you get a little like, and then what are you going to do from all of the the main cast members? Um, it starts pretty randomly with lunch being like, yeah, I'm going to move in with my dad. I've decided to become a reporter. Okay, that fits your character, Mister Guy who does hardware. Stuff. Okay, good, <laughs> good job. Um, reporter, sure. Uh, Yuichi is going to become a hacker. Like Mr. Spooky was. Aww.
2: Um,
1: I guess he's fine from... He recovered from the brainwash thing. Yeah. Which is nice. He got um, better. Yeah, he got better. Again, don't need to explain how he got better. He, he got, I, I will accept that.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> um, and Hitomi explains that she's moving to America because she wants to see where Namisa was born. What? <laughs> <laughs> when did... I, I, was there a point where they said that any of this was from America?
2: Maybe the Native Americans thing? No,
1: e- yes, that, I, that's obviously what they're talking yeah. about, but, but in-game? I know. Was, was that acknowledged?
2: Not really. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> although, I, you know what, actually, it, it, would, it does make sense for her to know that because she was possessed by Nemissa, so if that's true, she would know, I guess. Yeah. So just because we don't know doesn't mean she doesn't.
0: That's true. That's, a- so,
1: um, yeah, not to find bottom. it's fun. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Uh, and then, uh, six, he's just going to be like, yeah, I'm just going to chill with my parents. It's fine. I, like everyone has plans. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to hang out. My parents are like, maybe going to open a new store and I'm going to go there with them. It'll be fun. And, um, yeah. Uh, and then you get a little like, uh, Uplifting monologue about the people you've met and how you've all changed each other forever, and you'll never truly be apart. That I don't think the game really earned, and I don't think was really necessary. But um, it's a nice sentiment, and I, you know, I'm not going to object hard to it. Like, yeah, no, it's true. Even after you know the time you spent fighting an ancient primordial being with a group of people really is something that you can never lose and you will always be together because the universe still exists because you fought that game. And that's the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so as we mentioned, there's some post-game content. Uh, did you two, either of you do it or any of it? No. Not yeah, at all. Yeah, no, I, I put down the game immediately after that. Um, so if you want to find out what happened in the post-game, It'll be a mystery to you <laughs> when you finish the game, <laughs> uh, because we're not going to spoil it. But basically, it's just um, some dungeons. Uh, oh, there's this building called the Sea Ark, which you can go to throughout the game, which I don't think we've mentioned at all. Uh, it's it opens up slowly, and there are demons in it that you. Um, and then there's like a special top floor to it that you get access to if you load your clear game save or something called the time corridor. And then if you beat that, you get new game plus, which is where you can save spooky. And then wait well, No, maybe the top floor is in new game plus, whatever. There's a special dungeon at the end, uh, where you fight all of these kind of Easter egg bosses and characters. And,
2: um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so overall thoughts, anybody have anything, uh, that we haven't touched on
1: feel like if i were going to recommend a uh, an just generic smt game that was just this is what an smt game is like more or less this is probably the one i would tell someone to play of the ones i've played gives you the just like yeah it, it does a few things different but it just like the the core gameplay and it has you know some polish but not like so much that's going off down all of these like weird alleys and uh all of that stuff and it's not too long. Just, like, yeah, this is what this series is kind of like. Yeah,
0: yeah it's actually... I, I I I think it's pretty accessible uh, for an SMT game. Um, and some of that may have been kind of, like, you know, smoothed out in the 3DS uh, uh, remake. Um, but... You know, it kind of ramps up the difficulty pretty, pretty, you know, pretty smoothly. It doesn't, like, you know, do the thing that some SMT games do where they put, like, an incredibly difficult couple hours up at the top of the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, and the mechanics are pretty cool. They're actually a little more streamlined. And... I like that um, just because it kind of, like, you know, uh, kind of messes with the SMT, the mainline SMT formula, uh, but also sort of, like, streamlines things. So, yeah, like you were saying, Alex, I think this would be a good sort of, like, uh, introductory Game, somebody was like, I'm really interested in trying out SMT, um, but I picked up four and I am dying endlessly in the first first dungeon of the game. Uh, You know, um, it's sort of like that monster hunter problem. A lot of SMT games are just like, you know, at least to like newbies, they're kind of like, incredibly unwelcoming. Um, (laughs) and, uh, this one actually is pretty, pretty welcoming. And, uh, you know, I think it has just like, I, I really loved how sort of strangely dated, but like in a cool way, um, all the technology and VR stuff was, um, yeah, and also really dug that they were reaching out, you know, other kind of, like, mythological sort of, like, systems other than, you know, what they had done so far. Uh, the
1: bad guy is either God or state.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like Christianity with some, like, Eastern mysticism. Um, yeah, it really changed it up. So... Yeah, I think it's a really interesting game um, in a lot of ways.
2: I guess for me, I mean, you know, definitely I think it is a, a really good game to recommend. But I guess, um, I don't think I would recommend it at first, only because, like you said, it does a lot of unique things with the series. So I kind of would want, like, let's say, have someone new to Megaten. um I kind of want them to experience, like, what... Kind of your normal games would be like. Like, I might say, oh, maybe you should play Knock 4 first, because even with 4 having that difficulty spike in the beginning, you can always set it on easy if you're really having those kind of issues. So, it gives you that. And then Nocturne, you know, did smooth things out for you. Like, it didn't have a huge spike immediately. And then, you know, once they kind of get used to how it normally be, I would probably recommend Soul Hackers because then they can kind of see, you know, a a, a shimagami Tensei game that takes a very different approach, like you said, uses different mythology, doesn't have, like, a strict alignment system, um, and doesn't go into weird avenues, like you said, kind of, you know. And, And it does have that kind of, like, cool, like, it's outdated, but, like, in a really fun, like, uh charming way i think you know (laughs) but you used but you know despite yourself you still really like these characters and you know you 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 still like the story and the story doesn't attack you too much it just kind of you know uh gently brings you along with it so i I feel like they'd get their best experience of this game after getting more of the main line
1: yeah i guess i meant that more in terms of um like from a gameplay perspective rather than a A theme one, like, for someone who would maybe played a Persona game and then was like, ooh, the dungeon-crawly ones seem weird and intimidating. Yeah, Uh,
2: oh, I can see that, too, yeah.
1: But, yeah, like, if they wanted to see if they could... Like, because I wouldn't... I wouldn't send someone who had maybe played, like, Persona 5 right into Nocturne.
2: Oh, no, 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 not, nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I did uh, with Persona, like, 3 or 4. Like, I just went right into Nocturne, so... <laughs> yeah, that game will beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> I, love
0: that I did Persona 4 into, uh, SMT 4, yeah. so... I don't know. Even though SMT four has that really difficult first couple of hours, yeah. um so many things you know, it's just it's a little more polished in a lot of ways than Nocturne. Um yeah, so it was accessible in other ways. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's kinda of funny we're so, we're all saying like <laughs> well, we you know, maybe ease people into the series, but like <laughs> um You know, in in our in our own experiences, we went from like probably one of the most accessible, accessible games, you know, into, you know, just throwing ourselves into the deep end.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the first one I played was SMT1. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was, you know, I was just I I had a Super Nintendo emulator like as a teen. I was like, oh, this game demon's cool. Um And that was the first one I played, so... I didn't finish it, but I played about half of it. But yeah, so, you know, if someone likes the idea of playing an SMT game, but is worried about the dungeon crawler aspect of it, maybe this <laughs>
0: Or maybe not. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, at least I kind of called it, like, with the charm. It, like, it does have a lot of charm. It's It's... There's something... Throughout the game, where I just had like a lot of goodwill for the choices it was making, yeah, with except the for characters.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That stuff is weird, but that stuff is weird in a few of the '90s SMT games. Yeah. Um,
1: the translation team did a very good job of covering it up as best they did. They could yeah. Um, yeah um, otherwise, I agree. I have a lot of goodwill towards this. I like lunch a lot, and you know. I don't. I. I wouldn't have expected myself to like a character from you know, a side character from like a you know, dungeon crawly '90s SMT game. As much as I like that guy, yeah, he's a, you know, he hates his dad for no reason. Um, he becomes a journalist. Yeah, you go lunch. <laughs>
0: yeah. Awesome. Well, does anybody have anything else to add?
1: Ah, uh, nope. I'm. I said what I have to say about.
2: Soul
0: Hack. That's the name of the game. Soul Hack. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Me too. Awesome. So by a weird quirk of scheduling, uh, the next game that we are going to be playing is Devil Summoner. <laughs> uh, the third de- Devil Summoner game, which is, uh, Raidu Kusanoa versus the Soulless Army. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting, it's interesting game in a lot of ways. It's, uh, set in uh, the 19th century and it is an action role-playing game and we will get into it in the next in the future episodes but yeah there is a really interesting thing uh, that we can talk about um, and the new game plus content in this game uh the final boss of the final secret dungeon is uh is Raidu, uh, the detective that we are going to be playing
1: as. Yes, it is.
2: <laughs> Funny enough.
1: And that is that's why we're playing Then that's why we're playing it next, because we always play the game starring the secret final boss of the previous one. That's a new model <laughs> we're going to work on from here on <laughs> out. So,
2: so after we play Nocturne and we fight Dante, we'll be playing Devil May Cry.
1: Cause yeah. Like, or that Dante's Inferno game. Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Remember
1: that thing? <laughs> I've tried to forget.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I hear it plays fine, but just no. <laughs>
0: well, yes. Anyway, so uh yeah, that was Soul Hackers. Um We love hearing your feedback. Uh, You can email us at uh, megatammarathon at gmail.com or uh, hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Um, Do you guys have anything that you'd like to plug or uh, put out there into the world?
1: Yeah, I got my other podcast, E.E. Phone Poem, poem www.eephonepoem.com. We have not released an episode in four months, but don't worry, we're working on it. And there are old episodes, if you like hearing people analyze poetry with some jokes.
2: <laughs> and um, as for me, uh, I would actually like to plug a little uh, group that I, I've been a part of for about a year. Uh, you might have heard of them like on Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot. Uh, they do a lot of live streams, uh, Black Girl Gamers Group. So they're an awesome group that I've been a part of, really great community of uh, really talented young ladies. they do a lot a lot of them are live streamers. They work on uh, video game websites, things like that. So if you look on um, if you look on uh, uh, Facebook, you know be black girl gamers, uh, it would be the same, I believe the same Twitter handle as well. Yeah. The Twitter handle will be at official underscore BGG. Or if you just want to search Black Girl Gamers, you'll find them as well on that. So just want to plug them as well. They're a great follow.
0: Cool. Yeah. And I'll add some some of those links to the show notes. That's really cool that you're involved in that. Um, Yeah. Uh, So. I believe that sort of wraps things up for us with Soul Hackers. Um, I think we're all coming. Oh, it's a little late for you guys, and some of, both Elisa and I are recovering from the flu, so <laughs> this episode's kind of fading out. But uh, Yeah, uh, rate and review us on iTunes uh, Let us know what you think And uh, Thanks for uh, sticking with us in the last uh, Few months as we kind of Figured out some of the changes And I'm really excited to be podcasting With both you guys So uh, um, Oh and also uh, For the Raidu games Ian who uh, joined us previously For uh, the Persona 1 games is going to be uh joining us as a guest so if uh you enjoyed ian's thoughts then you will uh, get to hear more of them so yeah as for us i think that's gonna be it for at least a few weeks all right thanks for listening